Welcome to the Expansive Astrology Podcast, where we look at using astrology beyond the tropes and horoscopes to tune into the natural forces around us and within us, honoring our true nature to craft our future. I'm your host, Melissa, the self-care witch, and I'm here to help you meet your magic. Without further ado, let's begin this week's episode with a tarot reading for the collective. Hello, welcome back to the Expansive Astrology Podcast. It's episode 12, and I'm so happy to have you after last week's tech problems, especially. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that this week goes much more smoothly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so pumped about this whole season, all of the content for the next like three, four weeks, three weeks three, four weeks. (laughs) Um, I love Leo season. So it's going to be another good one. Uh, First things first, let's see what the tarot has for us. This is a tarot reading for the collective. So take what you need and leave the rest. Um, Not everything, there are some things that might not resonate for you um, and that's okay and stay open to seeing how some of these things may play out for you over the coming week. Hmm. Okay. So, well, hmm. okay. Okay, so first, present for us is the Two of Pentacles. I really like this card. I love what a friendly reminder it is when it shows up in a spread. The Two of Pentacles asks us to look at what we're doing with our hands. You know, to make it really literal, (laughs) uh, what are we doing with our hands? What are we doing with our pentacles? Pentacles represent the element Earth. So it kind of encompasses all things earthly. It's like big. Um, Some will say it's like our work and how we make money, um, likening the pentacles to literal coins, right? Um, And that's like the start. It's so much more than that. It's how we utilize all of our resources being a human being. You know, the pentacles, each card has us look at some different aspect of what it is to be a soul, a divine soul (laughs) who's divinely connected. And, you know, we have like some people call it a soul contract. We have like, you know, a purpose. We have um, each of us has a unique gift for the world, a unique um drive a unique path soul contract um and the pentacles have us look at what it means to be a soul in a human body on this planet earth in the conditions that it's in right now (laughs) how do we engage with our resources how do we engage with our pentacles the two of pentacles is one of the only cards in the whole deck with an infinity symbol so 
that's important. It has us look at our connection to what is greater than us. And it has us look at, um, like the, the, there's some sort of exchange. There's some sort of give and take creating and receiving when we see an, an, when we see an infinity symbol on a card. So in the two of pentacles, we see a being um, like juggling two pentacles and they, it's all happening within this big infinity loop. And there's just this sense of devotion. The being in the card is just with these pentacles, learning these pentacles, moving these pentacles, learning what it is to have what they have. And many people say the hands are an extension of the heart, right? And Leo season rules the heart. So I love that this card is coming up this week. Oh my God. <laughs> so considering that, if the hands are an extension of the heart, check in. How are you doing? What have you literally been doing with your hands? What have you been using your hands for? Everything, right? Millions of things, but check in. Like, um, how are you engaging with your hands? Are you being gentle or mindless? Are you using your hands to create something in your world? It's easy to get really mindless with how we're using our hands, how we're using our resources, how we're engaging with our pentacles. So I think of things like, how much have I been scrolling on my phone? How much have I been using my hands for like housework? And can I balance that out with a little like foot massage? Or can I go play with my partner's hair? <laughs> or do a puzzle with my kiddo? Have I used my hands to water my plants and dust their leaves lately? What am I devoted to? Am I using my hands as an extension of my heart? Am I using my hands to prove like what is important to my heart? to create something, or write something, or tend something. There's also like a fun energy to this card. I don't know if it's the dude's hat, <laughs> which is kind of like, I don't know if there's like um, some sort of bigger significance or like historical significance to this goofy looking hat, but I don't feel like I've really, nothing comes to my mind. Um, and, but he has like one leg up. So it looks like he's really like almost kind of dancing with these pentacles, really moving with the pentacles. Um, also there's like waves, um, in the background and like boats, um, riding on the waves in the background. So there's a lot of movement. There's a sense of like movement in this card. Um, and that doesn't have to be like literal. Um, it doesn't mean like get up and move and like dance and juggle, right? Because this card applies to any body of any ability. Can you braid your hair with love and show like tending and devotion in that way? 
just really, it's for me, it's so inspiring. (laughs) It's so inspiring to remember that if my hands are an extension of my heart, how am I using them and how can I use them even more purposefully? Staying really mindful and intentional with how I'm using them, you know. If I'm going to, if I have to use them to wash the dishes, fold the laundry, and make the dinner, can I do that from the heart? In the Two of Pentacles, this week is supported by the medicine of the Three of Cups, which is really such a beautiful pairing um, because the cups, each cup card brings us into a deepened, more intimate, more knowing relationship with our cups, with our emotions, with our heart. So the two of pentacles is looking at how we use our pentacles as an extension of the heart. And then the three of cups is here to support that, to bring us into a deeper relationship with our heart. In the three of cups, there's this invitation to reunite and come together with all parts of ourselves in a really beautiful celebratory way. It's lovely. There's, it invites an idea of like uniting and aligning the head, the heart, and the hands. Making sure our head, our heart, and our hands are in alignment. Uniting and aligning with our inner child and our inner adult. Uniting and aligning with our higher self and our shadow self. In the Three of Cups, there's this invitation to honor and acknowledge even the pieces of us that are the hardest to acknowledge, (laughs) that are the most painful to acknowledge. Lindsay Mack is my favorite tarot teacher, so you hear me reference her all the time, but she experiences chronic pain. And she, she speaks about that when teaching on this card, that um, this card is an invitation to have a seat at the table for even that piece of her and her experience. That, you know, if given the choice, she would probably, of course, she would love to not have that be a part of her. <laughs> um, and when this card comes up, that's the invitation to acknowledge that that is a part of her and to bring it into, to give it some water in a big golden goblet, just like she nourishes and gives water to the pieces of her that are a little easier to like, (laughs) you know? This card is, there's this sense of like community, this sense of being in community with ourselves. And then... Being able to do so helps to, you know, strengthen our ability to do that externally and like lean into community externally as well. So, so this card is, it's about community in literal and very abstract ways. Being in community with ourselves, 
so that we can also extend that and find community with others. I really appreciate this duo of the Two of Pentacles with the Three of Cups. I think that's lovely for what's present for us. The lesson... The lesson this week is the Empress reversed. The Empress is another three, just to make note of that. The Empress, in a nutshell, is nurturing, receiving, cultivating pleasure and beauty. Nurturing and acceptance and warmth and love. The Empress is like divine feminine in a different way than the High Priestess is divine feminine. What I think of with the Empress is like orgasmic manifestation, (laughs) juicy beautiful receiving 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 so there's a lot to talk about (laughs) when it comes to receiving and nurturing um there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the empress and um you know her showing up reversed i think um is really like a deepening of her message it's almost like a uh That feels to me like more than just like an invitation. It feels more than just like, hey, the Empress is here. It's more like almost like a warning. Like um, she's, yeah, she's here and she's reversed. So it's like um, pay attention to this. There's something like upside down about this in our world right now. Um, And as a lesson, we're being asked to look at that and like flip her right side up. (laughs) As a lesson, we're looking at what we need to do to flip her right side up. So what do you need to do to permission more receiving in your world for yourself? Many people say she's like the mother of the tarot. So if that resonates for you to look at, like, how can you mother yourself? How can you strengthen your relationship with your inner mother in a very empowered, warm, lovely, wonderful, just heart-centered, love-first sort of way? So check in with how you're speaking to yourself, with how you're parenting yourself. Are you being gentle and understanding and, you know, a gentle, loving um, guide? Or are you being like harsh and critical and cold? The Empress cultivates pleasure, receives pleasure. How can you cultivate pleasure in your world? How can you position yourself so that you are receiving more, not taking? So that's like, Maybe another reason she came up reversed. Like when we don't allow ourselves to receive love and nurturing and beauty and warmth, it puts us in a position to take. It puts us in like a scarcity, a position of scarcity, and um, it heightens our need to take those things and get like grabby and needy for those things. 
instead of being grabby and needy and like um, coming from like a fear-based scarcity mindset type of place, can you shift into open receiving, receiving the medicine and the love and the warmth from your world as it is around you, positioning yourself so that you're receiving the medicine that's available to you. Open yourself to your partner if that's safe. Open yourself to your therapist, you know. Find a good therapist or coach or receive love from your friends and from your kiddos. Receive the gift of a home-cooked meal. Receive the gift of an evening walk. I mentioned orgasmic manifestation, which I learned from a woman named Aislinn Walton, which is really about a state of mind. But can you look at every sip of water, every quick shower, every time you crawl into bed, every time you stretch your neck, being so present with those things and so open to receiving the gifts and the luxury and the medicine that that can come from those simple things that it almost feels orgasmic. Which fits in with invitations of Leo season two. You know, I, I introduced us to the idea of treating ourselves like royalty last week. Mm, the Empress knows all about that. I actually pulled the Empress last night right as my husband and I were like kind of starting to butt heads. <laughs> um, I pulled the Empress in the sun, which was like, to me, this is kind of a tangent, but also not really because later in this episode, we're going to talk about the sun. Um, to me, the Empress in the sun was like, okay, so um, my inner mother and receiving love. Okay, and then the sun is about like um, seeing myself and like the truth as it is, like really being awake to what is being illuminated to um, the most raw, organic piece of the truth of, of what's coming up. Um, so it's like my inner child and my inner mother. Um, and, you know, 45 seconds after that, I'm still feeling a little defended and... Um, a little argumentative, right? But I pulled the Empress and like 45 seconds later, my husband comes in um, wanting to hug me and like bridge the gap. <laughs> and so I received the hug. I softened. I let myself receive him, you know, and his love. And so it shows up in all sorts of ways. It shows up in like um, the way we receive a compliment. It can also show up in how we receive not so pleasant, beautiful things. How do you receive bad news? How do you receive disrespect? Looking at how we receive everything. Can you practice receiving from a place of self-respect, from a place of self-nurturance, like from a place of love and fulfillment and 
um, heart-centeredness from a place of abundant, open, beautiful, like receiving and give and take, like a give and take, a flow. And you get to choose what you receive, right? You can choose whether or not to receive a compliment and you can choose whether or not to receive um, boundary crossings and disrespect. It doesn't mean we can control whether or not other people cross our boundaries or disrespect us, right? We can't control whether other people bring that to us, but we can empower ourselves to control how we receive those things. So that's our lesson. (laughs) And our anchor, given all of that, is the three of pentacles. Now, it's important to note that this is the third three (laughs) in this spread of four. (laughs) So that's significant. Um, Threes are about community, about bringing things together, uh, about exchange, kind of coming together. Um, Now in the three of pentacles, we've moved from the two where we're learning this devotion, we're learning what it is to be devoted to these two pentacles, how we use our hands to tend to these two pentacles, how we dance with these two pentacles. And then we move into the three. The three of pentacles is kind of an invitation to like stay in your lane, to know what is yours and what is not, to know what is your genius and what is not your genius and where maybe you can bring in some support or community to help you with your pentacles. So in the three of pentacles, there's a reminder, like you don't have to do it all and you shouldn't expect yourself to do it all. You shouldn't expect yourself to, um, to be good at it all. (laughs) Can you know what is yours and what is not? Can you bring in support around things that maybe you're not so good at and that aren't, um, aligned with your pentacles or, or that are aligned with your pentacles, but you don't know how to do. (laughs) It doesn't give you any less authority over your garden if you need to bring in like a soil specialist to help you tend the soil, or if you're not so good with um, the rose bushes and you need to um, ask somebody to help you with your rose bushes, those are still your rose bushes. And the person that you will ask to tend those rose bushes, that's their gift. And they will be pumped to help you do that. They'll be totally willing to do that. But when we pull the three of pentacles, there's just this nod from spirit, from the universe, that maybe we can bring in some sort of support. Can we reevaluate focus ourselves in on what is ours to tend, what we're experienced at tending and what, you know, what like spirit is calling us to be tending and building and growing and having the wisdom to know how and when to bring in appropriate support. Also with this card, you know, so there's this 
community aspect where when you are devoted to what is yours and what you're good at and really staying in your lane with that, keeping your eyes on your own paper with that, and then you're inviting other people in to help you tend your garden where they're doing the same, where they're sticking with their strengths and they're doing um, what um, is uniquely theirs to do. It's all support and there's no like, there's no need for competition. There's no need for you to feel the need to do it all and to do it better than everyone else. You know what you're good at. You know what your gifts are. And there may be things involved in you being able to do that that require you to call in support. So um, this looks different for everyone. And um, it may look like calling in a babysitter one night a week or asking your mother-in-law <laughs> to, to watch the kiddo because um, that might be her gift and if that can help support your, you in your gift, then bring in that community. Don't feel like you have to do it all. It may mean that even if you yourself are a therapist, making sure that you have a therapist yourself, you know, bringing in, bringing in support so that you can do you <laughs> to the best of your ability and knowing that when you bring in support you're allowing others to do them to the best of their ability too that's that's our anchor focusing on what we're good at what we're being called to focus on and staying open to receiving support and community from others who will be just thrilled to to do so our lesson is the Empress reversed a very serious invitation to cultivate receiving, nurturing, tending, and what's present for us is a reminder that our hands are an extension of the heart and to focus on what we are devoting ourselves to, our time, our energy, our resources. And that's supported by an invitation to really be with our heart and be with all sides of ourselves, making room at the table for all pieces of us as we move forward. It's a pretty good one. And like I kind of mentioned, I really love that, like, <laughs> I really love the way they <laughs> support um, the message in the Expanse of Astrology this week, which is, you know, continuing to build on Leo season. Leo season can be truly, like, so medicinal, especially if you intend for it to be, <laughs> you know? So this week... I want to continue to expand on those invitations of Leo, which involve allowing your heart to shine, managing the ego while also stepping into like mega pride and a sense of royalty, and 
embracing play and pleasure in your everyday as a boring old adult. <laughs> um, so I'll share more about working with the ego next week. And we'll explore the play and the pleasure <laughs> the week after that. This week, we're looking at what Leo brings through the lens of the tarot. So we're looking at the strength card and the sun card. Both of which, you know, supported by Leo, inspire an affirmation of like, let your soul shine. Or, I let my soul shine. <laughs> or, I make friends with lions. Let's talk about strength. Strength has us ask, like, what does it look like for me to tap in with my connection with magic, with divinity, with, like, that which is greater um, with spirit, with my soul. What does it look like for me to tap in with that? It's another, it's another one of the few cards with an infinity symbol on it. What happens when we tap in with that exchange, like similar to the magician, but instead of like the magician using that connection to create something and like move magic through us. That's what the magician is about. The strength kind of takes it deeper or further, builds upon that, using that connection to help us more easily and gracefully show up in negative or difficult or tough situations. We are both the lion and the person on the card. We see in the Pamela Coleman Smith illustration, we see a person in like an all white gown adorned in like a crown of flowers. And they're approaching this lion who has its tail between its legs and it just looks totally um, at ease. And it's, it's being, it's willing to be held and like pet by this person who has a little infinity symbol right above their head. We are both the lion and the person in the card. The lion is a symbol of not only like great force and um, the parts of us that uh, could kill, <laughs> um, but the lion is actually a symbol of receptivity. It's almost like the lion on the card is saying, thank you for not being terrified of me and ready to fight me. Thank you for showing up, willing to hold me in reverence and respect for me. It's like the lion is like so willing to connect with that being. It's like the lion wants to connect. It's like the lion is giving its permission it's consent to be seen and held. The person is totally non-defended. They're wearing white, like a dress. There's no armor. There's no shield. There's no weapons just in case. And so the lion is totally undefended as well. 
this person showing up to this for formidable force, this predator that could easily kill them in a moment. This person is showing up defenses down or no defenses, <laughs> no defenses at all. During cancer season, last season, we explored what it is to be defended. We, dis- we explored our pinchers and our shell. We learned our defense mechanisms, when they get activated, how they get activated, how we use them, and whether or not that's actually helpful. <laughs> now we're exploring what it is to put those defense mechanisms away entirely. <laughs> Knowing that we always have them, we can, we can always choose to defend ourselves. We are always protected. And we get to explore what is it like to show up to life undefended. You have to determine what that looks like for you. And it, it does not mean showing up defenseless, and unprotected, and totally naive, and like a doormat. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, no, no. It's not that black or white. It doesn't mean showing up unemotional or stoic or unmoving or like even like politically correct either. Like you can show up in the full force of your emotions, in the full force of who you authentically are and still be undefended. You can show up in the full force of your anger or your grief. You can be fully, authentically, vulnerably, truly you and remain undefended. You can do so with a softness. You can show up to or with your anger, and your grief with a softness. There's a willingness to be vulnerable. So we get to explore, can we soften and still show up with the full force of our experience, of our emotions? Can we soften and show up gracefully in our power effectively and without suppressing anything or shoving anything away or swallowing anything back. I sort of mentioned earlier the way the infinity symbol, there's a couple different angles to the infinity symbols in these cards. There's like the first is the, that it symbolizes the connection to that which is greater than us. It um, symbolizes our connection to spirit, um, co-creation, how our interaction with spirit is a give and take where we're receiving and creating. And also, two, the relationship between like vulnerability and defensiveness and how they can impact each other. What happens when you approach a very defensive person with vulnerability and openness and vice versa. What happens 
when someone comes to you in vulnerability and openness and softness and you respond with defendedness, what happens? Our willingness to be vulnerable impacts others. And it might not change whether or not they're showing up defended or vulnerable. Our willingness to be vulnerable does not necessarily mean that the rest of the world is going to meet us the same way. I wish. And it does have an impact, even if it's only like um, a small fraction of an impact, you know. Our willingness to be soft and vulnerable might not mean that the lion puts its tail between its legs and hops into our lap, but it might mean that it does like soften even to a degree that we might not even really notice or see or feel. And the opposite of true is true. When we show up with our sword and shield like drawn at the ready, those around us sense that and they're impacted by that. And it makes them more likely to pull out their sword. Remembering that we are both the lion and the human in the card. And the lion does not just represent difficult discussions or situations or disagreements or fights or fire. The lion also represents the vulnerable pieces of ourselves, the ways in which we approach ourselves and our shadows and the pieces of us that we like to gaslight away or ignore or shame. The lion represents all of those things too. The story of this researcher, George Schaller, always comes up when I think of the strength card, this guy studied gorillas and he was able to get closer to these families of gorillas than anyone else ever had. And when he was asked how he did it, he allegedly said, it's simple. I didn't bring a gun. <laughs> and I just love that. And it makes so much sense, right? His theory was that if he showed up to these gorillas with a gun, even if he had no intention of using it and it was like only there to protect himself in case, you know, even so, he was sending out an energetic message that perhaps the gorillas could sense this message of, I want to get close to you. I want to learn you. I want to see you. But I'm not totally sure. I'm not too close. I'm not confident about it. George showing up totally non-defended allowed him to approach these gorilla families with a totally different energy. And they could sense that. And it worked. We're looking at showing up to and with... <laughs> um, an undefended heart. Remember, 
we're both George and the gorillas. We need to engage with a willingness to be soft with ourselves. Can you let your armor drop? Can you be with your heart? Can you show your heart? Can you be with your feelings of deep pain or betrayal or hurt or love? Can you be with these feelings of how scary it is? Can you be with the feelings of how vulnerable you feel? We get to practice being in these situations and and practice saying, oh, this is a lot. This is painful. This is difficult. This is a lot. This is bringing up a lot in me. And can I hang out in these feelings without in any sort of way asking them to be less than what they are? That's really the heart of it. Can you practice being with whatever is coming up for you without in any way asking for it to be less than what it is. Can you do that courtesy for others too? Right? Being with them in their experience without in any way trying to minimize or take away or solve whatever is going on. Can you move th- throughout your life in a fully authentic way that does not include feeling constantly defended? Or shameful, you know? This might be especially hard for some of us who like are not used to letting ourselves shine, who've never been encouraged to, taught to let ourselves shine. It can be really uncomfortable being seen. So many of us were raised in like a children are to be seen and not heard. <laughs> um you know, type of environment or, um, you know, just these toxic environments where we're expected to stop crying or, you know, buck up, cowboy up. Or something that I would get is like, um, why are you upset? We had such a good day. We went to the park today. Why are you upset? Why are you complaining? <laughs> like, because something good happened, whatever was happening, you know, hours later was just supposed to not be occurring. Or, you know, millions of well-intended ways of trying to, like, stop <laughs> any difficult emotion. Like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, look over here. Let's watch this instead. Like, um, oh, don't cry. It's okay. We'll, we'll go tomorrow. You know, whatever the situation was. Um, and it's, you know, totally well-intended. I don't mean to say like those things are bad in any way, right? But they contribute to a sense of like, 
I'm I'm not okay. It's not okay for me to express this thing or be this feeling or even have this feeling. This feeling needs to be minimized, shrunken, taken away immediately. <laughs> the strength card helps us undo that. As we embrace the invitations of Leo and work on showing up more and more authentically and heart-centered, can you make sure that you're doing so without your suit of armor? Knowing that you are protected, you're protected. You can always take care of yourself. Explore what it means to feel protected and safe while also stretching your comfort with being seen and witnessed. You can create safe places for you to do so, like with a really great counselor or coach, or in safe, loving partnerships. So, strength is about practicing vulnerability and courage. And knowing that those things are really like one in the same almost. You kind of can't have one without the other. Let's talk about the sun. The sun card. Leo is ruled by the sun in the sky. So we also talk about the sun card in the tarot. The sun card helps us practice what it means to do just that. The the showing up in a vulnerable, undefended way. The sun card, the sun, um, is the giver of life. Right? We have to have it. It is, And it is so powerful that it no, not only creates and sustains life, but it also has the power to take it away. Sometimes described as the ego, sometimes described as like representing our conscious mind, the sun represents our will to live. represents our will, our creative life force. And as with many of the cards, (laughs) the sun card is popularly oversimplified when it's pulled and it's chalked up to joy or like a happy, joyous experience. Um, It's not quite that simple. Um, This card is not about rebirth or happiness or joy in those ways because it doesn't hinge on any sort of feeling. None of the cards can can hinge on a feeling. You can pull the sun card and feel totally devastated, totally in grief, right? So calling the sun card the happiness card is it's reductive. It's not fair. Um, it's incomplete. The sun card is an invitation into clarity, into illumination, where we can finally start seeing things more clearly, where maybe they weren't so clear before, (laughs) or maybe we were resisting seeing the truth before. This is a card that prepares us for the judgment card. This card comes before judgment, comes before the world, which is the last card in the majors. 
this card prepares us for judgment. We're getting ready for like that clarity for finally starting to get some answers, to see some things. Also, you know, it really is related to the strength card. The sun card reminds me of the lion in the strength card, the lion who is totally at ease, you know, because it can sense that the person on the card is willing to witness the lion fully. It's being seen and embraced and accepted. Um, I believe that this sun energy helps us prep for that or helps strengthen our ability to do that, to be that undefended lion. This card represents how we're working with our most essential aspects of ourselves, how we are seeing ourselves, witnessing ourselves, allowing ourselves to be ourselves. <laughs> um, the sun card brings us into this space to explore how we are engaging with what is being illuminated to us, how we are engaging with the most essential aspects of ourselves. Are we being invited or urged, encouraged to bring some aspect of ourself forward more strongly? Are we neglecting to do so? Are we neglecting some part of ourselves? Are we willing to see, really see, who we are and what's coming up for us, what has been made clear for us. We get to like take a look around and look at what is being made or what has been made clear for us. Not what we think we know, not what we think we are, but what not what and not what we like wish we were, <laughs> but what is actually here, what we actually are, our more most organic pieces of ourselves. So when the sun card comes up and in Leo season with Leo energy, I'm always, I'm like always returning to these questions of like, how can I honor what is most authentic, organic, and true in my life and in my world? How can I become the sun, this thing that shines and illuminates truth and doesn't shy away from <laughs> doing so. It doesn't shy away from the truth. It doesn't shy away from um, what needs to be seen. On the card, there's like this, this small child who's naked riding on a white horse with a giant flag waving in the air and a giant sun um, behind them. Right. So there's like this reminder to make for to make room for our inner child to come back to us, to make room for what is most organic and pure and true for us. Who are we underneath everything else? And how can you honor that very true piece of you? There's this like call to look at ourselves, acknowledge ourselves, the most, again, <laughs> um, the most organic 
raw, pure, true version of ourselves and like celebrate that. Allow that to come forward and through. Allow that to be seen first by you. Like let yourself see you and acknowledge you and accept you and love you. And then, you know, stretch into the strength card and let that be witnessed by others too. Celebrating yourself. Look at you. Like, look at how far you've come. Look at how much you've grown, how much you've learned, how much you've grown through. Like, you've been through some shit. You've been through some shit. You've conquered some shit. And you're probably, you're probably still going through some shit. <laughs> right? And you have so much light and power. So much. Like, witness that in yourself, for yourself. Allow it to be witnessed by others. Celebrate your light. You know, you've earned it. You deserve it. The strength card, the sun card, Leo season, overall, there's just such a juicy invitation to learn what it is to live from a very heart-first place. Allowing yourself to shine and be seen and see yourself take off the armor like what does armor look like for you what do you hide behind literally and figuratively like do you hide behind making a joke out of things that are actually painful do you hide behind sweaters and cardigans long hair. Let people see your face. Let people see your fat arms. <laughs> Let people see your pain and your quirks. It's safe. Leo wants you to. Here's a brief astrological forecast for the week to come. You can find this printed in the show notes. It can be just kind of helpful and fun to note some of these things in your calendar and just stay open to noticing what you experience with these different astrological shifts. Um, all of these times are in Eastern Daylight Time. On Wednesday the 27th, the moon is void, of course, from 8.54 p.m. until it enters Leo on Thursday the 28th at 2.36 a.m. And then on the 28th, we have a new moon in Leo at 1.55 p.m. And Jupiter goes retrograde that evening. New moons are an opportunity to plant seeds of intentions for how you want Leo season to go for you. What kind of Leo energy are you wanting to cultivate and bring into your life? Can you create goals and intentions to manifest that for yourself? On Saturday the 30th, the moon is void, of course, from 1229 a.m. until it enters Virgo at 2.11 p.m. August 1st is a popular time to celebrate Lamas, and the moon is void, of course, from 6.29 p.m. until it enters Libra on Tuesday the 2nd 
at 12.06 a.m. You are invited to my next moon meetup, which happens on Sunday, August 7th. This one will be in preparation for the full moon in Aquarius. These happen online or in person in Old Town Fort Collins if you're local. Um, You can find more information on my website. Make sure you're following me on Instagram for free tarot every Friday. And I've been having fun with reels. (laughs) Um, It's been interesting over there. (laughs) Um, Also, I want you to stay tuned because that's usually where I announce like new offerings and happenings first. So I'd love to have you over there. Other than that... I think that's all I have for you this week. Um, I will see you next Tuesday, same time, same place. We're going to talk about managing the ego while also heightening our sense of pride. I can't wait. I'll see you then. Uh, Until then, take really good care of yourself. Thank you so much for being here. It means more than I can say. Um, I'll see you next week for lucky number 13. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye. Now, before you go, let me keep your ear for just a moment. This week's episode is brought to you by www.theselfcarewitch.com, my bread and butter, where you can find more information on my current courses, offerings, and other fun ways to connect with myself and yourself. If you enjoyed this episode and you dig what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and leave a review. It helps so much. And if you'd like to connect with me, head to theselfcarewitch.com. I'd truly love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.